0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus.
1: So uh, last week I I had had trouble with my words. I was feeling a lot of emotions, so I just asked for like five minutes to be able to come in front of you guys uh, and share my heart and some of the direction God's given me. You'll notice I'm not as emotional this week because there's a lot of joy with what God's doing here. A lot of joy in me and Anna following the Lord and a lot of joy in what's coming next. And so I just wanted you to hear me say, once again, about two months ago, I was on my face at a prayer retreat designed to hear God. And I felt like the Lord said, you're going to step out. And if that's new information for you, I shared that last week, just sobbing while I did it. Some of those, I got all that out, so I have a year to just stuff all my emotions again, and then I'll cry again in a year. That was a shock to me. That is also not something that I was like, oh, let's flippantly do that. Uh, But if to be a church that's taught by the word and led by the spirit, when the spirit leads, I can't be like, you be led by the spirit, but I will not. And so we started to pray about that. We put that before friends. We put that before council. We put that before a ton of things. And we really do think. That I 'm not supposed to be uh, the guy in charge and, and teaching a pastor or paid. However, we do not feel led to actually just walk away from cobblestone, so you 'll still see me in a prayer room. Uh, you 'll still still meet, see me as an elder, I still get to serve communion, uh, I still get to be a part of the body. I just don't think I'm supposed to be where I was. And I know some of you were like, "Oh, is he leaving? Does he hate us? Did he do something stupid?" None of that. And so if there were rumors, and we didn't hear any, so bless you guys. Like, this is awesome. I didn't hear any. No one said, oh, he slept with the secretary and ran away. I didn't do that. So I didn't steal money. They didn't fire me. Uh, Nothing bad happened as far as I know. As far as I know. But I do know the voice of God, and I do know he said what he said. And so, yeah, there was was some grief last week because I actually – Seven years ago was, you know, like probably three years ago, I would have walked away and been like, yeah, church, yeah. But now, like, God's grown me to where I love you guys. I really love this place. And I see God doing something that is beautiful. And the next season is only going to be better. And I don't think you believe me, some of you. It's going to be better. The leaders that are coming, and you're going to hear from one of them today, is a better pastor and shepherd than I am. He's anointed by God. He's my friend. And God called him. And so I believe, like I not even believe, it's not even like, oh, cross my fingers, believe. I believe God has just like put this expectation that this next season of cobblestone, we're going to see some stuff and watch God move in ways that other churches might not, only because We have a people that have gathered. When I said, hey, let's pray and engage with God, you all were like, I'm with God. This is a people that want to be with God. And God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. I think in the next season, we're going to see God draw real near. And I'm glad that you're a part of that. And I'm I'm thankful. I'm not even weary. I'm not like weeping anymore. I have grief still every once in a while, but I'm joy filled. And so thanks once again, thanks for letting me be your pastor. I wanted to clear up any. Some people are like, what's next? Also say that yes, we do have a plan for the future. I just didn't share it last week. And some people are like, what's next? And it's not a I don't think it's a a short-sighted thing. Normally, normal pastors they give you six months. I'm gonna give you till the middle of next month. Okay? Somewhere in the middle of February will be, I'm gonna finger quote this, my last sermon. But I would even dare to say that in the future, three months from now, I might get to preach here again. Uh, But we're doing everything here based off what God says, not men's plans. So if God tells me to preach and the elders to preach, they will preach and I will preach. If the Lord tells me to lay in that prayer room face down, for the entire service, that's where I'll be. And we want you to imitate that. We want to live lives worthy of imitation. And so let's do this, kids. If you got a sticker on, it's time to kind of make your way out. Everybody else, left or right, hug that person around the neck, welcome them to church, and when you get after that, there'll be another guy standing here.
0: Well, um, I told Andrew you last week you got him breaking down and crying. And let's be honest, this isn't a giant jump for me to be crying, right? <laughs> Your guys are probably like, "Whoa, dude, what's new?" Right? Um, I'm gonna. I, I've actually felt kind of numb with some of the stuff that's been going on, and so when I go from like feeling kind of numb, and then all of a sudden I get hit with like emotion or feelings, and I'm just like, whoa. So, there's like that's like the guy side of me, the numb side, and I think I don't want to say the female side of me because that's weird, but <laughs> may, maybe the more emotional side of me, then it gets hit. It's, oh, anyways, um, yeah, there's a couple things I wanted to touch on before I get too involved into my message. Just on next rolls, uh, what we have here at Cobblestone is what we call plurality of elders. What that means is, if you're curious what plurality means, we have nine guys on an elder team that actually pray for you guys, that meet on a regular basis, that uh, consider where we're going to church, how we're going to get there, kind of what, we're, what the direction of the church, what's best. Um, and it's a group, a good group, really dear friends of mine. So we have a plurality of elders. And so what, here's, here's the best Jeremiah uh, you know, explanation I can make. It's the same authority, but different responsibilities. Um, we have different callings, we have different roles, and that's kind of what's happened here. So, out of the nine guys, when Andrew's like, hey, listen, uh, I want to step away from being the teaching pastor, I started to pray, like, okay, I know I have some gifts of at least communicating and stuff. Uh, And then I submitted that to the elders, and they voted. And so now I am moving into the new teaching pastor role. Now, I have been the administrative pastor here at Cobblestone. And so that role will no longer be held by me. It will be held by Tim Moore, another elder. So you're seeing like a a, a rotation or a movement. Um, And so we believe that's very biblical. We believe in what this is. And honestly, guys, I've been a part of some leadership teams And I'm not saying this because I'm in the group. It's easy to, you know, you'd say this. It's the best leadership team I've ever been a part of. And what I mean by best is this. These guys take Jesus very serious. They take the Bible very serious. We try to live and submit to it. We all have different backgrounds, and we all have little different bends towards this way or bends towards that way, but we end up coming to unity um, in and through Jesus and his word and will. And it's kind of cool. Now, I want, to, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want to talk about eldership a little bit. I have a ton of big goofy tabs on the top of my Bible. You guys see them? <laughs> We're going to get beat up today. There's some, no, I'm just like, there's a lot. of. I'm like, man, this just looks disturbing how I got to get cooler tabs. Now that I'm going to speak a little bit more, I got to step my game up, you know. That's just what this has got to happen. All right, so let me pray, and then we're going to read and get started into this, this, this word. Father, I thank you. Um, oh, man, I thank you. I'm with Andrew. I, I, we've got to see something beautiful And I don't want to make light of it. We've got to see something amazing in this church. I've watched people trust you in ways that I can't even imagine. Lord, I'm watching people in this church inspire and challenge me, watching how they serve, watching how they read and study and fast and pray and seek. And Lord, it is a blessing. It's a blessing to be connected to this body. It's a blessing to be an elder over this body. It's a blessing, Lord Jesus, that you've put us here together. And I thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And Lord, as I always try to, this is just as simple as it comes. I don't want to mess anything up. Lord, I want to to live in submission to you and your way and your will. I want your Holy Spirit to fill me and refresh me and lead me, uh, along with my other elder friends and this church. And so, Lord, even in this message, just take it where you want it to go. Let your voice be heard. Let your truth be received. Let your spirit come and make the way. In Jesus, your name, amen. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. As an elder, I read this quite a bit. One, so he says, and this is Peter talking, So I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. So the nine guys, we live under this. We're asking that question. Are we shepherding this body? Are we leading? Are we doing what God, the the flock that's among us, right? Those that have submitted or a part of this church um, and want to be involved. And on that topic, membership class is next week you see my brain went there. It's like, membership, if you're interested in being a member, because to serve in certain ministries, we do have membership. So next week after service, John will be teaching a membership class. Anyways, that's my plug. Uh, Like how that worked? So it says, shepherd the flock that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not uh, domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Right there, underline, if you underline your Bible, I underline that. Being examples to the flock. One of the things we're seeing through my brother Andrew is he is kind of being an illustrated sermon, that he believes in hearing the Lord and going where the Lord leads him, and that's an example for all of us to look at. And today, the title of this message is basically Worldly Wisdom versus Heavenly Wisdom. And there's some things that him and Anna are doing that if you look at with the natural eyes or your worldly eyes, you'd be like, what are you doing? You are gifted here. You should keep the the regular paycheck. You should should do the the regular thing. You have a thing right in front of you. What are you doing? But Heavenly Wisdom says, trust God. Let the Lord lead you. So as an elder, one of the greater messages he's trying to say to us, and I believe we need to receive it, is trust God, and he's being an example of trusting God. Amen? So anyways, and it goes on to say, and when the chief shepherd, this is my favorite part, because chief shepherd's Jesus, and he is returning. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Then he goes on to say, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now that's, all, that's for all of us. In this next season, as there is some change coming and we're doing it and I'm going to be up here more and, and Tim's going to be in different places and elders, it'd be real easy to not be humble. My, my encouragement, my challenge, my invitation to you as the body is follow this scripture. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility. Humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Be humble. Even if you hate this decision, be humble. Even if you're frustrated with cobblestone, be humble. Humility is is so key in the body, and it's so important for all of us. Anyways, he says, and this is kind of cool because in verse 6, he says, humble yourselves. That's a charge. All of us, humble ourselves. Spend some time this week thinking about what that looks like. Ask those tough questions. Am I humble? Do people around me see a humble believer? Or am I prideful? My way only? My thinking only? Kind of. You, you guys know the alternative of humble. Anyways, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And this is beautiful. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And I'll just stop right there. He goes on into to being sober and talking about the devil because if you're not humble and if you're not willing to trust the Lord, that you open the door for the demonic to mess with you, to attack you. That's the the sad reality, and actually, uh, you see it in Peter, and you'll see it in James. It's basically humility, and and we must walk in it. So, here's the thing I wanted to talk about. In a church like ours, when I say a church like ours, we are a continuous church. What that means is, we, and I'm going to explain this, so if you have some, you'll hear me say a couple things, you'll be like, hmm, that's okay, I'll make more sense throughout the message. We are a church that believes God speaks. Now, of course, we believe that God speaks through his word, has spoken, and is speaking through this. Doesn't change. But we are a continuous church. What that means is we believe God speaks still through the Holy Spirit to us about things like this. I'll be honest. There's no scripture text that I can find where it says, start a CrossFit gym. So Andrew's prayed about it, sought the Lord, and waited on the Lord, and trusted in the Lord. And here he is, like now, he's, he's, he runs a CrossFit gym. And maybe in the, maybe in the book of uh, Second Opinions or one of those, I don't know. Do you guys have that? Do you guys all have a couple pages in the back where you can write your own scriptures? You shouldn't. <laughs> if you do, we need to talk. That's dangerous. But what I'm getting at is God speaks. And so one of my challenges is for you today is, are you, number one, do you believe he speaks? Are you giving him space and place to speak? Do you want to hear from him? Those are the questions that I'm hoping we can push into today. But so often, and some of you have different backgrounds, different traditions, where you're like, honestly, I was never raised in a church where to expect God to speak outside of a priest or a pastor or a scripture, I've never really expected God to speak in any way other than just opening up the Bible. And now this guy's up here telling me that if I hang out with the Lord, he will speak and lead and talk to me and guide me. Maybe to a CrossFit gym. Maybe to a different business. Maybe how to love my wife. And, and he speaks, okay? So first thing I want to speak to is how do we let God lead us and how do you know it's God? God. Because there's there's maturity and there's immaturity all in this building, in Christ. And so there's maturity that says, yeah, I know God speaks, but I know how sometimes he speaks to my thoughts, he speaks to prophecy, and I know when it's me or when it's God. But newer Christians or even people that are just kind of newer to this teaching, you're like, Jeremiah, you're telling me God can speak to me? I'm saying yes. And so you're like, how do you know? Andrew, how did you know? How did you know to do this with your family? What, what process did you use? And that's what I want to talk about today. So the first point is this. And there's about three points, and then there's some subpoints, and then I'll let you out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You're welcome. Number one is this when it comes to God speaking. Are you willing? Are you willing? And then I put in my notes, really, and I put a question mark. I want you to turn to or look at Luke 9, 23 through 25. Are you willing, guys? Luke 9, 23 through 25. And I got a lot of scriptures, so I'm going to have to keep a pretty fast pace. And I apologize if you can't keep up with me. And in some cases, just write these down and read them later. Luke 9:23 through 25 says this, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me and this is Jesus talking, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? See, Jesus doesn't try to create this Christianity where you can keep your own life and then do his will. Jesus doesn't play. And unfortunately, in our, in our culture and in our Christianity in America, we've tried to kind of, well, you can have all your life and just get a little Jesus and you're okay. See, Christ never says that. You're either all in or you're not in at all. And that's Jesus. And that's the most loving guy the, that, that's ever walked the earth. He's telling us that. And so the question is this, are you willing? Are you willing to trust Jesus? Are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to like, let go of your plans, your future, or, or at least say, I submit them to you, Lord? So often when I was, a, I was not a good test taker, I was not a good student, to be honest with you, I think I could have done better in school if I tried. <laughs> any of you guys raising any of those boys that don't try and you know they could do better? Um, I was one of those that just, I was not interested in school, didn't really like it. Anyways, I loved multiple choice tests because I had a chance of getting it right. <laughs> right? abacadaba. You may, remember the Scantron or whatever. We, some of you in the 90s, we'd and you could just go A, B, C, Abacadaba Abacadaba Abacadaba. You might even pass on that. <laughs> yeah, they run it through. <laughs> what we do with God is that we come to Christ so often and we give him multiple choices. You say, here's four things, Lord, I'll submit to you. But what God's really wanting is he wants us to come to him and have those fill in the blanks. He wants us to come to him with a blank heart and say, Lord, I don't care what you ask for, it's yours. We we so often, we say, no, I'll give you that, but not that. A, B, C, D. Jesus is like, let me fill in the blank because I want it all. And that's the truth. And so we end up in in, in trouble when we start to tell God, like, I I don't want to sacrifice this, and I don't want to lay this down. and And we all do it. And God is gracious, and he's sanctifying us, and he's growing in us. And part of the process is getting us to get away from the multiple choice and getting us to walk in the fill in the blank. That's what he's doing. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You like get saved, you're like, yes, Jesus, and you only give him a few things, and he's gracious, and he's kind, and he's merciful. But along the way, he starts to say, add another one. I want, to, I want you to submit this to me. I want this. take Because he knows best, and he knows what's good for you. And he cares more than you could ever imagine. So ask the Lord are you really willing to surrender to the will of the Lord and submit it to him? Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says this. And this is, you know, over the years I've pastored a lot of young men. This is probably a scripture. I even give this to my son all the time. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. Can you say you're doing that today? Are we trusting in the Lord with all our heart or are we leaning on our own understanding? Remember, the overwhelming topic of this is is worldly wisdom versus heavenly wisdom. Worldly wisdom will tell you to have a plan and do all this. And I'm I'm not pushing against education. I'm not pushing against plan. I'm just saying if those things trump surrender to God, you're wrong. Surrendering to God should be first. That's most important. Because the word's not, it's not meshing this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. So what that means is as you follow God, as I follow God, as I surrender to God, there will be things that God leads us in and asks us to do that doesn't make sense. And the world, quite frankly, will look at you like you're crazy. Like why start a CrossFit gym? Why step away from a, a, a paid role as a pastor when you have all these gifts? Worldly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. In all your ways, this is key. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. And then be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Are you acknowledging him in all your ways? Or are you just taking a few things to him? Am I living and saying, Lord, everything I have and am and do... I acknowledge you. That means I submit to you. I surrender it to you. Do what you want with it. And it's so easy to preach this. It's so easy to say this, but it is very difficult as humans to do this. I understand that. I'm in this process too. Like even to step into this teaching pastor role, I have to dig deep and surrender. And I have to ask some tough questions because I have a business and I have these other demands and I'm, I'm living this out. But I'm trying to just, when I read scripture, I'm trying to be all in. I'm trying to surrender it all and let the Lord write, fill in the blank for my life. Not me telling what I think he should take or not. And I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I don't want to think I know best. God knows best. The second point. So the first one is how do you let God lead us? How do you know it's God? Is total surrender. The second point is this. I believe if you're walking and carry your cross daily faith, as Jesus talked about, God will lead and speak to you. Kind of touched on this at the very beginning. I'm from the school of thinking and from the biblical understanding that when you truly surrender to the Lord Jesus, the promise is you'll hear his voice and his Holy Spirit will fill you and lead you. It's very clear in scripture and here's some, thought, here's some scriptures on it. Luke 4, 1 through 2, look at that. You guys could put that up there. Oh, yeah. And Jesus, look at this is our master, this is our king, this is our Lord, our savior, and our friend. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. See, he went out, he got water baptized, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. So now he's got the Holy Spirit working. And look what the Holy Spirit did to him. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Where was he led? Into the wilderness. And he got he was out there for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, fasting and, and praying. Uh, for us, and for, the, for all the good things that he, he did. So, if Jesus was led, I'm led. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, I can be led by the Holy Spirit, because that's what's so cool about that. Uh, John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know him, know them, and they follow me. John 16, 12 through 15, let's take a peek at that real quick. John 16, 12 through 15. And this is Christ talking to his disciples. And I understand there's a certain level that God spoke to his apostles, his disciples. But I am there again, I believe that what they walked in, we can walk in. Yeah, we won't write scripture. We're not doing that. But they heard the Holy Spirit. We hear the Holy Spirit. They were led by Jesus through the Spirit. We are led by Jesus through the Spirit. They are sanctified by the Spirit. We are sanctified by the Spirit. It's the same Spirit. We don't have a watered-down version of the Holy Spirit. If we believe that, then we have a problem with our doctrine or understanding. We need to understand we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and when we read this, this is is for us to to believe and start to say, I want to see this. And so Jesus led them through the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead me through the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So here it was. He's getting ready to to die, and he has his guys all around, and he has more to say. In verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, talking about our Holy Spirit, he will what? Guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit's still doing that. He's still taking what is Jesus is and declaring it to His saints. Who you are. Now this comes through the word a lot. I'll go into that. who you are in Christ, authority you have in Christ, how God loves you, your relationship with sin, as far as east from the West. He takes what is mine. And declares it to you. The Holy Spirit wants you to know who you are in Christ. What he's done for you. What he's doing for you. He's gone away and prepared a place for us, hasn't he? Holy Spirit's teaching us, talking to us, helping us understand all these things. So, God leads and speaks today. How? I'm going to get a little more (laughs) ghosty here. It's just who I am. Um... But here's some simple hows, and I, I'm not, this is not an exhaustive list, and this is not, um, but, I, but I believe it's, it, it's true. So here's how God speaks. His word, amen, <laughs> amen, he speaks through the Bible. The Spirit's leading, guidance. Um, some churches that I've been in call it unction. Some people call it an impression. The Holy Spirit, some kind, sometimes it comes through a thought, and that's why it takes maturity and discerning, and, and we can talk about all that later, but, but he speaks through impression. He speaks through dreams, visions, Look, read Acts, honestly, and make a list of all the ways the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks through prophecy, the gift of prophecy, where someone's actually speaking like on God's behalf to you or over a situation, and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, he speaks through doors closing and opening. Ever had the Lord lead you that way? You can't get any clarity, but the door closed, and you just like, ah, dang it. He speaks through peace. Philippians talks about that. There's a peace that you walk in when the Lord's leading. He speaks through chastisement and discipline. You ever been heard from the Lord in that way? I have. (laughs) Hard times fall upon you because you made a bad decision. The Lord wanted to get your attention. He's speaking. He's leading. He's talking to you. He speaks through leadership. He speaks through teaching and preaching and et cetera and et cetera. Now, there's a list. There's, there's a larger list than what I even gave you. So here's the question. How has God spoke to you? In your life, in your history, how has God really spoke to you guys? And, and, and what I'm realizing inside Cobblestone and is there's some further on the charismatic side and you're like me and you have you have... You have you know, lists of, well, God spoke to me in a dream here. God spoke to me in a prophecy here. God spoke to me through the word. And what I'm realizing, this is no shame, but there's others in here. They're like, no, God's never really spoke to me. And what I found that just because we have this charismatic and kind of the more reformed side of things. And, and what I'm finding is if you'll actually search some of those other ways, they're like, they'll find out, you'll find out God has been speaking to his people in various ways, in various styles, because God speaks to his people sometimes our understanding our doctrine our rules gets in the way of that but anyways ask you all have if you're a member you have an elder ask your elder how's god speak to you these guys are excited to tell those stories you're in a small group, ask, like, like, hey, can we just take a night and listen to how God speaks? One of the things is people always say, I can't see God. But when I sit in a room, and I did this with our, with our shepherding group, when I sit in the room and I say, how does God spoke to you through the Bible? That was one of the questions. I see Jesus when I ask questions like that. Because this person will say, oh, this way, oh, that way. And it is so cool because I'm like, man, God, you are really doing so much more work than I ever thought you would or are. And I, once again, I'm putting him in a box, and he's like, get me out of that box. How does God speak to you? I had a dream when I, one of the first things that I had, and I'm just going to be honest, and I hope this doesn't make me sound too weird, but it is what it is at this point. Um, God spoke to me initially to f- go into ministry through chastisement. Uh, I knew I had a call in my life, and I knew that he wanted me to, to, to go into some sort of ministry, but I wanted to play basketball and chase girls. That was more where I was going. So God had spoke to me through chastisement. That means I tore my ACL when I was 17 years old, and I I sat in a bathtub, and I remember feeling like, crud, everything I've built in my life, everything I wanted to do is over. And so that's when I said, okay, Lord, you take over. Because basketball, I couldn't go play college basketball with a busted up knee. That plan's over. So here you go, Jesus. So God spoke to me through chastisement. Then I would get over to Columbus, Ohio. and meet this cool girl named Heather. We get married. Long story short, I stopped going to one weird prosperity church that I was going to, and I end up going to her church. And her church, there's this guy named Pastor Steve. And Pastor Steve, um, this is in the 90s, Pastor Steve, it, he kind of had highlights in his hair, gold, and he drove a Mercedes. I remember I just came out of a prosperity church, so you can imagine the test that's happening here. And I remember thinking, but he loved basketball. And he invited me to bat, and, I, and Heather's like, I, I think we should maybe help out with ministry or something along the lines as Heather does, as so many of our wives do. Like, Let's serve the Lord. And, and I remember thinking, <laughs> I'm like, well, Pastor Steve, is a, he's a good guy, but he's just not my kind of guy, right? Getting a little stereotypical, a little judgy. You guys ever done that, like not doing ministry because this guy's wearing a vest? You know what I mean? I don't want to be a park officer. That vest is dorky, you know? <laughs> Heather says, you're going to sweat in that vest. (laughs) She's not wrong. I'm sweating. (laughs) So, guys, I kid you not. Once again, I'm all in with Jesus. I'm surrendered. That that decision's been done several years prior to this conversation. I'm like, I'm yours. Whatever you want, write in the blank. And guess what he wrote in the blank? Serve Pastor Stephen. Here's how it happened. I went to bed one night. I had a dream, and in the dream, it was simple. It was not profound, not spooky on any level. It was just, serve Pastor Steve. I knew when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I'm supposed to serve Pastor Steve. So I'm going to go into this in a little bit. Then how do you test something like that? Because we all have weird dreams that say things, and and if we're all just trusting that kind of stuff, we're going to end up in horrible places. But for me, I knew enough to know like, okay, Lord, if this is you, confirm it. I kid you guys not, within about a week or two, Pastor Steve calls me and invites Heather and I into youth ministry. And that was the beginning. I knew, God had already prepared my heart to trust him and trust Pastor Steve. And that was the beginning of ministry. And we worked with Pastor Steve. We helped do a church plant. He was a marvelous man to serve with and under. Taught me how to do relational ministry, which is my jam. I mean, this was the foundation of a lot of my ministry today. And God knew that. And God knew that I wasn't going to follow this guy with the gold chain and the highlights and the bends without intervening. But I let God intervene, and he was gracious to do so. Okay? God has intervened one time, um, another time through the Bible. These are just a couple stories just to kind of inspire you, challenge you. And he did it through the Bible. Uh, At my last church, they offered me, they kept offering me a full-time job. You need to take the job, take the job, take the job. And the same day that I was meeting with the senior pastor to talk about taking a, a salary, I woke up that morning and I read in scripture where, where it said that don't take a salary. Paul was like talking. He said, I'm not, and I'm paraphrasing massively, but don't get paid by the church. So for me that day, I knew, oh my gosh, I just read this in scripture, Bear witness with my spirit, and this guy's offering me coincidence? I don't think so. And so I didn't take a, pay- I didn't take a paycheck from that church. We did that ministry as, uh, for free as the Lord had called us to for that, for that season. And it turned out it worked out really well because we were only there for a while and then we ended up leaving and thank God I, my business kept growing and so on and so forth. So God spoke to me through the word. A little smaller one because they're not all epic. They're just smaller. Some, Heather had one where we were doing a baptism here at this, probably about a year ago, maybe two years ago and she felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to bring a change of clothes on Baptism Sunday, she was not scheduled to baptize anybody. It wasn't in the cards, but the Holy Spirit said, bring, a, bring an extra set of clothes. She obeyed. Didn't say anything. Sure as the world. Somebody came up at the end, as we do, and felt, felt directly like inspired by the Spirit right then and there to get water baptized and, and wanted Heather to baptize her, and she had her change of clothes. God is good, isn't he? You see what this, I mean, this is what God can do. If we allow him, we hunger for it, we let him, and so on and so forth. So, number three, this leads me into this. When you believe God is leading and speaking, now what? Because you can have doubt, and frankly, you're probably going to, unless you're really mature in discerning the voice of the Lord as far as the leading and the prompting. Even maturity in that can still be like, "Mm, should we quit? Should we do this? That's where he's been. That's where they've been. And I've walked that with him for, for, you know, honestly, God started speaking to Andrew several years ago about this. He really did. He started sowing that into his, like, I kind of want you to do this. And he's like, I kind of want it. But then the Lord's also kept, kept you around, and we're thankful, and we're like, don't, you know. And then a few months ago, then it's like God's like, now. That's what he did. That's what the Spirit does. So when you believe God is leading and speaking to you, now what? There is a process that, as elders, we want to believe and put on you, and there's some, some confirmation and some accountability because it can get really weird really fast if you don't put biblical standards on it. So I would say this. If you're, if you're, if you're not sure, wait. Wait is always wise. Wait and seek confirmation. It's okay to say, Lord, is this you? Confirm it. Are you leading me and my family in this direction? Confirm it. You're, 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 you're trying to say, because the Bible even talks about even the gift of prophecy. It says we prophesy in part, and, and we understand in part. So we, we, there's, there's, some, there's, some, there's just some fog sometimes. Now, there's no fog to the Scripture, and that's what I'm going to talk about. But there is with the gifts, and there is with the promptings, and there is with the voice of the Lord, and so on and so forth. So, Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the Lord in the goodness of... Upon the the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Good scripture, right? David says this. Then he says what? Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Don't be in a hurry. God's prompting you. If God's leading you, be okay with waiting. Because if you don't wait and you just think everything's God and you truck right into it, you're going to end up with a lot of mess. Just are you got to mature in that. you got to trust in that. you got to spend some time with the Father, and you got to surround yourself with like, like a process to really test things. Okay? How do I test? You said test things. How do I know? How do I know if it's God or me, as, as some of us say, God or pizza? How do I know it's the Spirit's leading? How do I know to take my family down this path? What do you want me to do, Lord? What do we do with it? The first one, and in, in probably the, I, I will say, I'll put the weight on it, in my opinion, the most important is the Word. The first way to test, and the most important, is the Word of God. Well, let me say it this way: Hebrews four twelve says, "For the Word of God is a living and active, uh, is is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart." The Word of God is alive. And a lot of times, if you just take what you're hearing or what you think you're hearing and run it up against Scripture, let Scripture do what it does. It'll call you out. It'll call out the pride in your heart. It'll call out your selfishness. It'll call out your, your way of thinking. You're your, your different. Like, well, I just let the word be the word. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 37. This is another word one. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. 38, if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. What Paul was basically saying, and you know the Corinthians church, they had the gifts, they had the unction, they had prophecy and, and tongues interpretation. That's very clear. Were they using it wrong and poorly? Yes, but it was there. And, but, but Paul understood something. When he wrote that, he's saying what I'm writing will be more important than what the gifts are providing. It's the word. And he says it. I mean, that's, that's the whole, the big idea. What I'm writing, if you're really a prophet, if you're really sincere about God, what I'm saying and writing to you should be held at a higher standard than any of those gifts and any of that prompting and anybody saying anything. That's what he's saying there. He's putting weight on his words because he's an apostle. And the apostles wrote the Bible and the, the New Testament. And that's what we're listening to. And that holds the, that holds the boundaries, Right? Sam Storm says it this way, like when it comes to the gifts of prophecy and stuff, and I like how he says that. Prophecy and these gifts that speak to us and lead us, they, they work in the boundaries of Scripture. They work in the boundaries of Scripture. Well, what do you mean by that? Look at it this way. And I, there's people like this. So if a family man in here says, you got wives and, wife and kids, and you decide to say, I was praying and the Lord is leading me to quit my job and just live in faith, right? And if you came to one of us elders and you said, I need you to pray about this, I really feel like the Lord wants me just to quit my job and live in faith and God's going to provide for my family. And if anybody has any kind of understanding of the Word, the Word of God says this in 1 Timothy 5.8, But if anyone does not provide for his his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So, mister, I'm going to just soak with the Lord and hang out and ask God to provide for my family is breaking the scripture, and we would have to correct that. That's not God. That's the boundaries. You see that? And of course, people have come to me over the years, and I use it a lot because I did young adult pastoring. We've prayed about having sex, living together and having sex before we get married. Boundaries of Scripture say, uh-uh. So what do I know? That's not God. I can tell them that. The problem is, will they hear it? Not without the spirit of humility. Not, with the, not without like, like There's a, a spirit of submission and humility to God and His Word. So there is weight on this. So you test through Scripture. You test what God's leading you to do, and it better line up with Scripture. And if you don't know Scripture well, and you're spending a lot of time soaking and hearing and pursuing gifts, I love the pursuing gifts. I love the asking for them, but make no mistake about it. Here in this church, you better be pursuing the Word. It's strong. You better be learning what it says about who you are and what you should believe and how to live your life. Because they're one and the same. We're taught by the Word and led by the Spirit, and they work together. And right now there's a giant movement and there's some different titles on it where Christians are out there making up stuff, saying, well, that that Bible verse was kind of not for this or kind of not for that. We're led by the Spirit to do something different. No, no, you're not led by the Spirit. You're led by the devil. If you're living and and feeling like the Lord's inspiring you for things that, that, that are against Scripture, that is not Jesus and that is not the Spirit. That's deception and false and dangerous. And it is everywhere. I've been listening to podcasts that, like, Heather gave me a, Heather, be careful, Heather. Like, no, I'm just kidding. There was somebody sent us a podcast, said, hey, what do you think about it? And these these old pastors that, that, that deconstructed, and they're saying all sorts of crazy stuff. It made me sick, made me sad, and made me fired up. Anyways, I don't want to make you guys pay for that. So, all right, moving on. So this is one of my favorites. 1 Thessalonians five nineteen through 22. I love this because I love the gift of prophecy. I have had my life, and and guys, I've probably, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to brag, but I will. (laughs) This teaching pastor's working great, right? Um, No, I don't, and and this isn't a brag. Because of my background, because I was raised in televangelism, prosperity, um, I've probably heard more false prophecy if you'd grew up in the same way, you might be, you and I might be able to sit and talk. I've probably heard more false prophecy, false words, words of God than most people. I just have. I, I sat with a dude that literally was mad at Andrew one time and left the church because he felt like Andrew. That's neither here nor there. Pastoring's hard, ended not Andrew? Let's talk about that. That was a tough one. But the, and I sat with this guy, and, and he and I had the same background, and he was like, listen, God just doesn't speak through prophecy, those gifts, and they're not for today. And I said, listen... I understand that crazy town has ruled and reigned over those things and that's sad and I hate that but my life, my marriage, my business, the ministry has been affected beautifully through the gift of prophecy and ask me sometime. I, could, I mean, it's not just one time, one, I mean, led so I believe in the gift of prophecy. I believe in God speaking. It's, it's so near and dear. You can't out convince me on it now. You can disagree with me and I get that and that's fine but but I'm 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 in I'm in too deep on it. But I do believe this, and I love this. So First Thessalonians chapter five, if you do love prophecy, and I pray you do, you should love this scripture too. Rejo- well, hold on here. My eyes are getting like as bad as yours has. It's really dark. I do think we need to put some more lights up here. For it's dark up here. <laughs> Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. Oh, here it is. Yeah, 19. Do not quench the Spirit. Right there. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. There were people that were just like, clearly, he's he's, he's addressing a group or a thinking or or a a position where they're like, okay, people that operate in the Spirit get weird, so let's quench it. People that prophesy are wrong, so let's let's just... and he's saying, no, 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 don't quench the spirit and don't despise prophecies. But with Team Crazy, it's really easy to despise prophecy. When prophecies are not held accountable, when people that give prophecies and they're not expected to be, to, to, to be held to a, is it true, is it false, we, we can find yourself, I can find myself despising prophecies. And many of you probably, that might be your story. And frankly, the meeting that I had with the other guy, that was more his jam. He had watched uh, gifts of the Spirit be abused, uh, manipulation, control, and all these evil things. But Paul's trying to tell the church of Thessalonica that, hey, listen, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. So we believe that here. We hold to that. Now the third and the last is this, counsel. How do I know God's speaking? Andrew talked about it. When he's going and he's wrestling and he's like, oh, what do I do here? This is a big move. That's how you looked right there. You're like, oh. <laughs> he didn't do that. Uh, counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Ephesians 4, 1 through 5. I, I want you to look at this one. Ephesians 4 one through five It's a good read. OK. Because here's the problem. People start thinking, God's speaking, they start hanging out with their friends, they start asking their friends, and maybe your friends aren't the best counsel. People do this all the time, and then they end up in weird places and they're mad like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't have went to her or him or them or those. Who do you go to? How do you know who would to test something that you feel like the Lord's leading you in or a place to go? This is the spirit that I think should be on those people that you go to. Therefore, walk a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called to. This is, this is the list. With all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. What are you saying there, Jeremiah? I'm saying when you go receive counsel on direction in your life or what God's speaking, find people that represent God with, number one, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and so on. Make sure they walk in that. And another list would be make sure they have humility, gentleness, patience. Make sure they're understanding that they're bearing with one another in love Make sure that they are people that are eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Make sure they are people that are one, there is one body and one Spirit. Make sure there are people that understand the impact of division in the church and the problem with it. Make sure they're those people. Submit your, your, your concerns to them. I'm going to just talk on a couple things here. Sometimes family is a good counsel to go to. Sometimes family is not, because they're biased. Biased people are dangerous sometimes. Sometimes, because they can't—they love you so much, and they'll even like maybe a wife, young wife, goes to mom, and she needs to say, "Go back and work it out with your husband." But mom loves her so much, and he is the worst husband, and so that happens. You see how that? And so, oh well, let's pray about it. Yeah, let's pray about it. God's right. You shouldn't work out your marriage. It happens all the time in the church. Bias. You can't see clearly. And sometimes if you're that mom or if you're that, you just got to tell your kid, like, don't come to me. I'm biased. Don't use me as counsel. Another case is if you're hurt, church hurt. If you're bitter, if you're going to people about about a church, say you're even saying, man, we feel like the Lord's called us to cobblestone. And you find people that love cobblestone or hate cobblestone. Trust me, you will find both. (laughs) It's true. Don't love that, but it's true. And if you go to someone that's been hurt by cobblestone, and I pray and we could work all that out, this is, not, this is not the time for that conversation, but they're going to have a bias. I myself have lived, I've got church hurt in my life before. Worked through it, done a lot of, of peacemaking and healing and all that. But there's been seasons in my life where you would not want to come to me and ask me about a specific church. I wouldn't have given you honest counsel. I wouldn't have. Bias, my heart was twisted, I was bitter, I was broken, I was mad. You need to see things my way. Be careful of those people. So, the unity thing, right? The restoration thing, the forgiveness thing, things that are huge. Make sure you're going to the right people. Make sure you're getting counsel from them. And here's the other thing if you are receiving people coming to you asking for counsel, be bold, be biblical, be true, stand on what's right. Don't cower down and say, well, just do whatever the Lord leads you. No, tell them the truth because that's what real people do. We love them too much to just say, no, go and live in that sin. Give them the right counsel, guys. Give them the right counsel. Um, Elders, overseers, that's what we're there for. God puts a special anointing on on pastors, overseers to, to help love you and say, be careful with that, be careful with that. (sighs) test, guys, test, test the word. Here's another story, and I'm closing down, but I feel like it's a cool story, and I love it. Um, Ask God for confirmation if you're hearing him. Pray for that, ask for him, it's okay. And one of them was this, when it's been probably about 10 years ago, Heather and I went to a pastor's conference, and I heard... I was standing there like this. Member surrendered. Jesus, right in the box. The, the the answer you want. What you want from me? This isn't multiple choice. And I'm hearing. And we thought we had all of our kids raised up in school. We were ready, like, to be free from that baby baby style, baby baby life. I don't know what else you want? Baby style, baby life. What am I saying? <laughs> Welcome to an external processor. Um. Anyways, so so here we are. I'm at this weird little pastors' conference, and it was great. Dave and Katie were with us, and the worship was just hold a mic to the speaker. It was really epic. But God is in those types of places because God is everywhere. Um, and Heather and I were just like, what do you want from us, Lord? And we were thinking getting direction on ministry and callings and all this different thing, and I heard the Lord just drop in my spirit, have another baby. I, it was like, "Ah, I rebuked that, right? <laughs> uh, right, that's what you want to do. No, remember, we're testing, Okay, so that wasn't my thought because I'm not really interested in having another baby. But Lord, I've, I heard that pretty clear. You gave me an impression and you spoke to me. So I'm like, here I am, Lord. I'm surrendered. And I even said this to him. I said, you've had my life for years at this point anyway, so I'm not going to try to fight you. But, but I do need some confirmation and, and some proof that this is you. And I said, if this is you, and Heather's sitting down next to me, if this is you, tell her, right? I kid you not, guys. And she, we've, we've timed it out. It's the most spooky and coolest thing you could imagine. Because at the same time, I looked at her and somehow, and she says, did God say anything to you? And, and I'm like, I think we're supposed to have another baby. And she just started crying. She said, I heard the exact same thing. Literally the same day, um, this pastor comes up to us and says, hey, guys, I got a word from the Lord for you that uh, there's going to be new life in, in this year. So I mean, boom, boom, boom. And guess what? Abigail, our youngest, that's, that's the story. And God has used it as a testimony. I I got my hair cut one time, and 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 she said, "Well, why do you have your, your kids spaced out so weirdly at the end?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I was a coward," and said, so, well, you know," and God's like, "God's like in my spirit," He says, "That's not true," you know, "I don't want to tell her. I don't want to tell her, Lord. I just want to get my hair cut and go home." <laughs> and I kid you not. And then he he and I said, "You know what? I lied to you. I got to be honest with you." God hears the story, and I told her the story, and. And I don't know if she ever put any thought to it either. But it was a challenge for me to stop making stuff up. And just be honest. <laughs> just be honest. All right, I'm going to close with this, and then Randall, if worship team, you guys want to go ahead and come on up here. All right, it's 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 worldly wisdom versus earthly wisdom, and this is the final thought. Turn your Bibles to James chapter one. So when you're really trying to hear God, you gotta sometimes just, you gotta seek him, you gotta ask, and sometimes you just need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need to know, is this God? Should I listen to this? Should I, should I change my whole life for this, 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 this thing that the Lord's leading us to do? And so you seek wisdom from him. And it says, James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Now, you need to pause there for a minute. The one thing that I do believe the Lord wanted me to really encourage you, we can have a tendency to think God is distant and God doesn't want to speak, or God will speak to a guy like Andrew because he's a minister, but he won't speak to you. And this is for everybody in here. God is, he loves you. He wants to speak. Every born-again, repentant believer in here, you have access to this. This is for you. So I've been learning more and more. So many people don't, don't want to hear anything because they have shame or guilt. Like, well, God doesn't really value me. And I'm learning that's a big, big lie. You, this is for you. So even this week, this afternoon, say, Lord, give me, give me words. Speak to me. Speak to me. Some of you just need to start praying. Speak through me. Speak to me and through me and show me. I want to be used. I want to know. I want to have more intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. That's what I love. Our Father gives generously. He's not stingy or tight. He's eager to give to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Now, this is the challenge, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So some of us, we just got to get doubt out of our heart, out of our mind. I live by that scripture, to be honest with you. I need wisdom. Even in this, this taking on this role, golly, I've been just feeling some anxiety, stress, some worry. All of it. And I go back and I say, oh, being a dad of kids, being married 24 years, owning a business, that scripture's my jam. If I haven't learned anything else, I've learned that one. But I go to my God and I believe he's eager to give me wisdom, direction, insight. He loves me that much. Will you go to God like that with me? Will you start pursuing him and asking him and just letting him just kind of minister and speak to you? So, we're going to send out to get the kids here in a minute because it's 1130. And we're going to have worship going, and there's going to be prayer teams come. And frankly, I just think some of you just need to say, you may just want to come up and say, look, I just want to hear God fresh. That's okay. It's a good prayer. Maybe you want to repent that you've actually been hearing and you're not obeying. That's a good prayer. Just come up and confess that and get prayer about that. Okay, And then some of you might just be like, look, I just need counsel. And these prayer team, I believe in them. They might be somebody, you can just say, hey, can I, can I ask you a quick question? That's okay. Find an elder, find a leader. That's what we're there for. So anyways, let me pray. Father, I thank you uh, for this body. I thank you for speaking to us, speaking through us and leading us. I pray, Lord, that we start to hear you in fresh ways, new ways. I pray that gifts are even given I pray that people desire to hear you on everything and that we walk in total surrender and submission to who you are and your plans for us. Bless this church, Father, today and this week in Jesus, your name, amen. I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.